podcast will be live in five, four, three, two, one. Podcast activated. Hello and good morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. My name is Neil and I'm joined again by the effervescent Teodora. Good morning. So this week we focused our minds on transportation. And we had a lovely chat this morning about some of the common pet peeves on things like cycling, on some of the annoyances of being a pedestrian, as well as some of the more horrible experiences we've had with public transport. But the main focus of this episode is all about driving. So we're in our 30s and we still haven't got round to learning to drive a car. And I think that's quite unusual, really, for people in our age bracket. So I wanted to have a bit of a chat about this and, and try to share some of the reasons why we haven't got round to doing it and whether actually maybe we should be driving at all. But we can only share our experiences, so please get in touch and let us know what you think. Email us at goodmoaningpodcast at gmail.com or via Twitter at UK. Thank you to everyone who's listened so far. We've had some great comments and feedback. Please keep them coming. You can find us on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and hopefully in the next couple of days we'll be expanding to all the other podcast apps and stations. Otherwise, I think let's get into it. Let's go. I thought we could talk a little bit about transportation, if that's okay. Absolutely. I went around to people, and I've got a little pad of paper in my hand, and I went around to colleagues and friends and stuff, and I asked for their kind of pet peeves and annoyances and irritations and stuff like that, just so we could use for the show. And we got a lot back, and a lot of it is about transport. Quite a lot of people get annoyed about certain aspects of transportation. So there's things like cycling, was a main common kind of thing that people kept on moaning about, really. So if you're walking and a cyclist kind of doesn't let you know that they're there behind you, they don't ring their bell and or they zoom past, that's really annoying for people. I hate cyclists. Yeah. So I <laughs> and I say that as someone, obviously, who, who does cycle sometimes. Yeah, we cycle occasionally. I mean, we're con- very conscientious that we're very much letting people know that we're we're behind ding ding all the time. And yeah, we say thank, say you, thank and you and stuff like yeah. that. But people that zoom past is quite annoying for people. What other things about cyclists? So like not respecting the rules of the road. Yeah, I think this is, I think, one of the things that's a bit difficult with bikes. And obviously, I feel a bit kind of cautious of that because I learned to cycle quite late in life but I think one of the problems is that cyclists can't quite make up their mind about whether they're pedestrians or a vehicle so very often you know there is no kind of awareness that that they're not one or the other and so they think that when all the cars stop at the red light they can still carry on that's quite dangerous really to do that it really is and it's also very annoying as well I mean we live now in a place where it's fantastic that the local council has done lots of new cycling paths yeah the cycle lanes are really cool but but when you try to cross the road and the red light comes on, the cyclists carry on riding and, yeah. and you're trying to cross the road and you have a bicycle coming from each side of you. I've actually come close to being hit a few times. Have you? 
Yeah. I nearly got hit by a bike quite a few years ago now, but it just didn't stop, just didn't break as I was crossing the road and, and then nearly hit me. So, yeah, there, there is, I don't know, there is a sort of arrogance sometimes that certain cyclists have. They can do what they like. But when we're cycling, I think, you know, we, we make sure that we... Don't go too to fast. Good. And if there's people there, we'll, you know, we'll slow down or we'll, you know, we'll wait. And I think this is the thing about when everyone says, oh, cyclists are the worst. Really certain kind of people are just horrible people. Yeah. And those people probably would be a really, you know, inconsiderate pedestrian or if they were driving a car, they probably would be the kind of person who, you know, is likely to speed or try and like break in front of you or whatever else it may be. So I think that it depends on the kind of person you are. Yeah, like we're so. nice. We're nice and considerate. So we're nice cyclists, yeah. And uh, other people are not. Another thing that people were mentioning to me, slow walkers. Or reverse pedestrians who walk in pe- in cycle lanes. Yeah, that can be quite annoying. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. But they were saying how, and it does annoy me actually, when you're walking on a path and, and then you can't get past a group of people and they're walking so slow that can be quite frustrating you have to like go on the road to get around them uh that can be quite annoying because i'm quite a fast walker like I'm, I'm a tall man and i've got long legs i'm not a tall man i'm a small woman <laughs> <laughs> that's true uh, and like i walk quite fast and when there's when i'm on my, a mission to get somewhere and uh you know especially if they're like i need to be somewhere in like 15 minutes or something and I, i'm power walking away and then there's like a group of people you have to like navigate around that's so annoying that one I agree with completely. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely feel that. And again, I would say that I'm one of the people who, when I am with a group of friends, I often find that I try to either walk behind my friends or in front of my friends. Make sure there's in, space In order for to make people, sure that yeah. there is space for other people. And I never understand when, you know, a group of people is just so unaware of itself that they've spread out across the whole, you know, pavement and they're not allowing other people to pass them oh, by. Oh, and it's like a stag party or something. And, oh, God, And they're just sort things. of drunk and meandering around. That's oh, yeah. very frustrating Well, that is just frustrating on so many levels. Another thing on the list, pedestrians that step out onto the road when they're crossing the road uh, without looking. This is where I have to put my hand up and say that I'm one of those annoying people. You've done people. that. I have I have been hit by cars. You've been hit by a hit, car. Nearly hit by cars. You've been hit by a car. I don't know <laughs> about if you've been hit by a car. I've been nearly, nearly hit by cars quite a few times, especially first thing in the morning when I'm not properly awake yet and I'm just like an autopilot. And it's a quiet morning and it's very early in the morning. You haven't got your headphones in, have you? A couple of times I have had my headphones in and I think that's the worst. But also once I I just think I wasn't awake properly and I literally, and it was very quiet morning. I couldn't hear any cars. I think that one time I would say that the driver didn't indicate. Oh, okay. So So it wasn't completely my fault. I think the driver didn't indicate and then he turned. But because I also wasn't looking, then the combination of him being a bad driver and I not looking where I was going could have ended up very badly. And he started swearing at me and I started swearing back at him. So it was all fine. (laughs) It was fine. (laughs) Yeah, because it wasn't completely my fault. I mean, if I if I had been more aware, I would have probably stayed back. I remember noticing him and he did not indicate that he was turning. So that's bad driving. Yeah. Like you're supposed to indicate. So I crossed the road because I thought he was not coming my way. And then did. And then, and then had yeah. the audacity to swear at me. So I was like not having it. Another one, which is a common one I got actually, 
running for a bus, just about to leave. The bus driver clocks you, knows you're there, but then just drives off anyway, doesn't wait for you. That is a massive pet peeve of people. Because if you're running and you're out of breath, you're sweaty, and leave you there and you have to wait for the next one. That's so annoying. They could easily have just waited a few seconds to get you on there. Actually, something even worse happened to me while I was waiting for a bus on campus. In the buses to where I live are so irregular. So I had the bus driver who saw me, closed the doors in my face. What? And then drove off. And because the buses are so far apart, he basically went all the way back to town and all the way back. So I waited for that bus for 45 minutes. So he came back and picked so, you up? Yeah. Oh. Basically, did he, rec- did he of recognize course you? he did, and he looked very guilty because I literally waited in the freezing cold for forty-five minutes. Oh. Him having like shut the door in my face. Did you give him evil eyes? They did. I did, yeah, and he looked did you super say something guilty. To him? No, I didn't. I thought he was a total asshole, <laughs> if I may say so. But I just thought like it wouldn't be bad if like the buses were every ten minutes. But when you know that you probably are the next bus, and it's like nine o'clock in the night. Should have got a taxi, I think, at that point. Well, I should have, but it's too expensive. I think the bus drivers need to try and be a bit nicer. Because, well, you it, know, I mean, I don't know what their jobs are like, but I do think you know, if it, if it, give a people uh, a chance, you know, if there's a if it, if they need to be there on leave at a certain time, they can see somebody in their mirror. But not when you're literally in front of the door yeah. and they close the door. There's got to be a bit of like you run, you got there, and he closes the door, seeing you perfectly well. Yeah. And most bus drivers don't do that. Actually, lots of bus drivers are really nice. No, I know. And if there's any bus drivers listening, please get yeah, in touch. Yeah, I mean, you know. I've I've had I've seen bus drivers who like have picked up several people, and I've seen uh, this bus driver once. He saw this man running, and he waited for him. He waited with him with the door closed. And then when a man got there, he opened the door for him. I do think it's about personality. Like, obviously, some bus drivers are super considerate and kind and nice to their passengers. And others are like, hee, 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 I have the power. This reminds me of that time. You know, when I went to London that one time and I was getting the bus to um, your mum's, the U. And the bus was super packed, right? Like, it was so crammed. And I think there'd been some train delays or something so we had to get replacement buses so the the buses were super packed and the bus driver got to a point and just had enough he just stopped the bus and kicked everyone off because i don't know i don't know why i don't know what happened but there was too many people and he just either i think he just got annoyed <laughs> by the situation and kicked everyone off the bus and we were there stranded in the middle i didn't know where i was it was the middle of nowhere that was really bad i thought you know you can't just do that it's awful. I, th- I think I do recognize that, you know, when you're dealing with members of the public and obviously when you have a job that's super responsible, like, you know, if you're a bus driver, you're responsible to keep all these people alive as well. Right. And, you know, not crash and all the rest of it. So I do recognize it's a very stressful job and probably a very tiring job as well. But you can't just leave people no, in the middle of nowhere. This is it. I mean, I had to ring you up and then your mum came and picked me up. But I didn't know where I was. But you really were in the middle of nowhere. I was. It was a roundabout and it wasn't really pedestrianized. And it wasn't a place you could p- get another bus from. He no. like literally dropped you off, not at another bus stop where you could wait for the next bus. And you, in your case, you were a visitor to the city. Yeah, so it's I don't not go like to London, London very often. So, no. you know, it was annoying that the, the trains had been, something happened with the trains. I don't know what it was. And then and then I had to get a random bus. So I didn't know where I was going. It took me ages to find that out. No one was very helpful. When I did get on it, it was super packed. I, you know, I was standing for most of it. Finally get a seat. 
And then about 10 minutes after that, the boots was off the bus. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I don't know what, where I am, what am I doing? We didn't even know where to find you. We had yeah. to like stop random people and, and ask them for directions. And a lot of people didn't even know what road you were on. It was, it was like this industrial estate yeah, type thing. I was very lucky that my mum found this little old lady yeah. who knew where it was. Like Otherwise, we couldn't have been able to find you. So I do, I have a lot of respect for bus drivers and like I said, some of them are very nice and I always take the bus because I don't drive and I think public transport is important and a few times like I've had the bus breaking down and I always end up chatting to the bus driver. Oh yeah, I'm not, no. I'm not, I'm not having a go at all no, bus drivers, no, I'm, I'm just saying there's a few a, I am having a go in things. the sense that I think that don't, don't be one of those people that is abusing your passengers because you know I also work in a job in which I have to deal with people and yeah, some of them sometimes are rude to me. It's not like I don't have people being rude to me and disrespectful to me. And, and sometimes you're exhausted and frustrated and all the rest of it. But generally, I always try to be on my best behavior and to be respectful, even when people are disrespectful to me. Yeah, I mean, I've worked in call centers and things where, you know, you get people there, they ring up and they're angry. And they've yeah. got legitimate reasons why they're angry. And you just have to take it in effect. Well, cause... I don't see that's something I also don't agree with. Like, I never I never shoot the messenger. Like, when I'm completely complaining about a company i know that the person who's like listening to me is probably on minimum wage and really shitty working conditions but what for me is more the problem is like people who work in service industries they take a lot of shit from people a lot of people are really rude i mean we just talked about mm. badly behaved pedestrians badly behaved cyclists we could talk about badly behaved drivers so you know you get to take all of this in 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 but what happens is that people don't tend to like fight back in the moment in which they're being disrespected. No. Instead, no. they, like, keep it inside and then, like, take it out on someone completely random that was never rude to them and never meant them any offence or or disrespect. Yeah. And I yeah. think that kind of passive-aggressive, like, passing on, you know, your frustration, I don't think that's ever acceptable. No, it's not. No. You are listening to The Good Morning Podcast. Neil Burton and Teodora So yeah, the, the main really thing that we're going to talk about really is about driving because we don't drive. And it, ha it is something that I've thought about. Maybe I should do it. And there was a time before I hit my 30s like, oh God, I need to, to learn. So I better start doing it. And I did have a few lessons. But it, I don't know. It's not for me, I don't think. It's not something that I particularly enjoy. I don't really like the stress of it. And, you know, I have a bit of a bit of a fear of driving. In it. And but it seems like there's like if you don't drive, you're not really an adult kind of thing. They yeah, get, they get that kind of that. like, oh, if you say you don't drive, people get really like, oh, like shocked by that. And I don't think it needs to be that much stigma. Why? Why do you need to drive? You know, you know, if you work close to where you live, then you don't need to drive uh, or you can get public transport you know, probably cheaper to to get public transport than to actually drive a car, I think. Let us know if that's not the case. You know, use things now like if you want to get your food shopping, you can get that delivered to your own house, pay a couple of quid to get it delivered, or, you know, you can walk. I mean, we go, we don't do that. We, we just walk to the nearest supermarket and carry it home. You know, it stops you from buying too much, you know. <laughs> 
And if you do need a car at one time, you know, if you move house and stuff, you can hire a man with a van. Or if you need to be somewhere, you can get a taxi. You can live your life not driving. You can, and you can live it very, very well. There, there are very, very few things that we have been prevented from doing because we don't drive. I mean, one thing, for example, is it's not so easy to go and take a trip somewhere really, really remote. Yes, that's true. But there are so many journeys you can take and so many visits to other places you can make that it just means you see different things. Like, for example, we prefer city trips to countryside trips. But you can get a train to a countryside location, can't you? Yeah, and these days, if you if you got a package holiday, you could do all sorts of amazing tours where you just get on a minibus and you get driven around the place. Exactly. And you still see it. So I, I've personally never felt like I'm missing out by not having a car. I felt quite good about it because, A, I feel like I'm not damaging the environment. I mean, I am damaging the environment in so many ways just by existing and consuming. <laughs> but at least that is one major way in which I'm not responsible for contributing to environmental degradation. And secondly, it has kept me moving. Yeah, we walk a lot more. So yeah, yeah I have this, personally, I have this like rule that if I can get anywhere under 40 minutes, I have to walk it unless I'm going to be really, really late. In which case I'll take a bus or a taxi. But I generally, like whenever I have to go somewhere, I calculate the distance from point A to point B. And I'm like, okay, it will take me 35 to 37 minutes. I'm going to walk this. And it's fantastic because if I don't have time for exercise, then at least I know I've had, you know, 25, 30, 35 minute brisk walk. And they I walk say like fast. just doing 10 minute walk is really good for you. Mm. There's that whole NHS couch to, uh, to 4K or whatever the, yeah. the phrase is. People are living very sedentary lifestyles, especially if you work in an office and you drive to work. When in your life do you do a lot of your walking to all your exercise this and stuff? We've Unless you go to the gym or go to like some sort of recreational activity. Some people would literally get up, jump in their cars, drive to work, sit in an office for eight hours, drive home. Then sit on the couch and then sit on the for couch. four hours before they go to bed. <laughs> you know, and then repeat, rinse and repeat. And, and then we wonder why we're getting obese. I mean, this is another thing, you know, last podcast we talked about healthy eating and exercise. And, and I think that this encouragement for people to drive and not move more actually is contributing to that. You know, we have very sedentary lifestyles and just going to the gym isn't enough. In fact, a lot of research shows that if you sit around all day and then you go to the gym and cane it, you're actually putting your body under extreme stress. You go from one extreme to the and other. And you're more likely to yeah. get injuries. Yeah, yeah. So that. the key really is that you should be moving a little bit as often as possible. So for me, that's why it's fantastic. Like I get up in the morning, I walk to work. And, and at the moment, my workplace is very far away from, from my home. It takes you about an hour, does it? It takes me about an hour. So I walk for an hour, I arrive completely sweaty. Yeah. It's fine, I have showers every day, so I, I smell very nice. <laughs> and I use the odor. Disclaimer there. Um, yeah. and, and, uh, and that's my first bit. And then ideally, obviously, it's not always something that I manage to do, but ideally I try to go for another little 10 minutes wander during lunch and I try to exercise in the evening. That's not always possible. But what but I if love... if you've done an hour's walk a day... Then well, that's why I feel know. like I've done that hour's walk first thing in the morning, and I walk really fast. Like, I've, my smartwatch claims that I walk at 3.5 miles per hour, which I think is really 
That's pretty walking. good, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so means means that I'm getting that exercise, and not just for the sake of exercise. So I'm moving to get to work, but yeah. I'm also exercising. I I like walking because um, it gives me opportunity to listen to podcasts uh, or, mm. or listen to music, and just find it more relaxing to to, to do walking. I don't think I would find driving to be that relaxing because I think you need a lot of concentration, don't you? You need you, you need, and you're focusing purely on the road, aren't you? And and hazards and risks and. You know, I quite like just sitting on a train and, and looking out the window or being a passenger and looking out the window. And I like traveling, but I don't want to be the one driving. Yeah, you it's know. the same for me. So if I commute in the morning, I already start working, uh, doing work. There is no way you can answer your emails while you're driving. Oh, yeah. Or prepare a lecture or a seminar on your laptop. Whereas you can do that on the train. When I was at uni, I because um, I lived in Birmingham and commuted to to my university, uh, and you know I did essays and write write essays on the train, and it was it was nice to have that that time, like that hour to to do okay. a bit of work. If you're commuting late in the evening, you don't have to do work. You can read a book. Read a book, pleasure. or you could do a drawing. Write a blog. Make a podcast. Do all sorts. Um, I'm waiting for automated cars. Like, I can't wait to type in where I want to go and it will drive me there. Oh, that would be amazing. That would be nice. That but then that will contribute to, unless it's an electric car, you know. Yeah. Electric cars, that's a cool thing. Like, they're going to ban, aren't they, um, diesel cars by 20, 2040 or something, which is still right. quite a long time or something like that. Yeah, um, that's something I, I think would be great if we can if we can stop you know, polluting the environment so much. And it's different. I think I have some sympathy if it's a family car and like that, a that, mom. Actually, that's a good point, actually. If you've got a family, you know, you've got kids and stuff, then, then yeah, I mean, I suppose you do need to have a car. I think practical reasons, it's probably quite handy to get from A to B. Um, though I don't know. But even then, I have a colleague, an ex-colleague, who had four children mm. and she never drove. Right. She never drove because, again, she thinks it's bad for the environment. So she, um, when when they were little, she had these little wagons that you can attach at the end of her bike. That's how she used to take them to school. And then once they were old enough to learn to bike, they all had to start hiking after her. And they're all, like, uh, going together in a little tandem. Yeah, like <laughs> that. And she said, and, and, and she said because of that, obviously of not having a kind family, it has meant they could live quite a comfortable lifestyle on not a lot of money. Yeah. So not just good for the environment, but also, you know, she's able to have four children and they're able to live a respectable middle-class lifestyle because they don't have a car. Yeah. Like that expense has been removed, like that expense frees up, you know, a few well, thousand pounds. It is expensive, isn't it? You've got tax and insurance and MOTs and the actual cost of the car and all those other expenses and petrol, petrol. which is really expensive. So, yeah, there's a, it's a massive So, expense. again, it's a choice. And I can see in terms of when we say about families, I would say that if you have a family in the countryside and now lodging in the countryside, I can tell you that public transport is bloody awful in the countryside. Yeah, so it depends on where you live. and But I think if you live in a city like we do, 
that's got relatively good public transport links. Not a massive city, so I, no. you can get from A to B by walking pretty pretty simply. And most kids live very near their school. Very few children have to commute far away to their school unless they're in a private but then school. then some people aren't in the right catchment area or they have to commute, get long buses, uh, buses to get to school and stuff, and that's probably quite... I did that as a kid. Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't. I mean, my school was just down the road, so it was all right for me. But I, had to, I had to take an hour's bus to go to school when I was a kid. Did you enjoy that? Was it No, stressful? I didn't enjoy it. It was stressful, but I don't remember it damaging me irreversibly. We just got on with it. Yeah, it was just part of what you did in the morning. My mum took us to school and then she went to work and that was it. I mean, the best thing is to have a school near you, really, because I, ha- I did also go to different school that was a walking distance away and that's the ideal really but okay the point that I think we're trying to make is that we can see in certain circumstances that that you know if you have a family and then you can justify the one person is driving on behalf of like four people and therefore your footprint isn't as bad mm. but for me I find it very difficult when individual people drive cars and it's like everyone has a car. So we yeah. have two cars and we're polluting, you know, twice as much as one family in one car. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Like for me, that that I would feel very, very bad about. Well, I think, yeah, if you're just one person and in a car, like if you're carpooling and things like that to go to work, then that's not too bad. Then we're in the UK. I mean, other places might be bit more remote you have to drive to get anywhere so i don't know it's a it's a it's a difficult one i mean for me personally it's not something that i've wanted to do or enjoy when i've tried to do it and maybe in the maybe in a couple of years i'll change my mind and maybe slowly i am changing my mind that i should be thinking about it but i'm i'm more thinking about for other people not for myself do you know what i mean like i feel like there's this sort of pressure to do it so maybe I need to do it, not because I want to do it. These are the wrong reasons. They're the wrong reasons. I need. I think you need to do it for yourself, don't you? Not think about, oh, I need to do it because of X, Y, and Z. It's like, do you enjoy it? Would you enjoy it? Does it stress you out? If it if it doesn't, then yeah. If it does, don't. And this is this is I think something quite serious to think about that driving is a big responsibility. And driving isn't for everyone. I think that's I d- the other yeah, point. Yeah, I just I just don't think it, it has to be for everyone. Not in today's today's no. world. I think you can get you can live your life relatively comfortably without having to to drive. And and it is a cost barrier. Um, for many years, I just I don't think I could have afforded it to do actually drive. So that was another reasons why I didn't actually start learning. Because even if I did pass my test, I wouldn't have been able to afford to get a car or to f- the insurance and things because of my circumstances at the time. And I think that can be quite a big barrier to people actually owning a car. So it becomes a kind of, if you can afford it, then it's a luxury. But then there's people who can't afford those that the same level of luxury. They're forced to use public transport. And I think that's something I really want to talk about, actually, probably in, in future episodes. The fact that if you don't have money or you're in debt, everything's more expensive. That really pisses me off. Like in terms of electricity, like I lived in a house where it was uh, it was on a card, you know, prepaid card rather than on a meter. And that is way more expensive for the, you're the same amount of kilowatt hours or whatever it mm. is than doing it on um, a direct debit or um, 
or a thing. And yeah. I think that people who are at the bottom of society get shafted. They do, and and actually they get massively exploited because basically they, if you're poor, you pay a higher percentage of your earnings or income for like things like amenities than people who are better off. Yeah, and I think that's wrong. And and that is completely wrong. It is completely wrong. Same like if you get into debt, the interest rates are very, very high. So then you're paying back way more than you actually borrowed. So the banks continue to make profit off of the fact that at some point you were in a shitty situation and needed a bit of help. And this is where we're getting actually into the serious issue again of politics and economics. But our system is not very fair to people. And yeah, and this is, I, I think this is like the whole you must drive and you must have a car is like a very middle class concern and a middle class pressure. Yeah. And and not everybody's in a position in which in which you can actually afford to learn to drive. And even for me, you know, I, because I was a student for a very long time and this was before all students had to pay extortionate tuition fees, which I'm completely against. I had to make the decision between I had a little bit of savings and I was like, I can either spend this on driving lessons or I can keep this as savings. Mm. And I made the decision that I preferred to have a little bit of money in the bank. A nest egg in case a nest egg, of, yeah. And keep walking to university and not have a car and take trains to visit my mom. Because I also knew that I wouldn't be able to afford a car anyway. So I was like, I could spend my little bit of savings on learning to drive and then not be able to buy and run a car anyway but that was the same thing i i felt i mean um got a bit of money for like birthdays wasn't it birthday and christmas kind mm. of thing to learn but they only gave me enough money for a few lessons and the rest i'd have to make up and it just got to the point where i was like well i can't really afford it and you know i was in uh debt and you know my finances were you know you know it was uh difficult to manage a budget um I'm trying to put it diplomatically without giving too much away, but um, essentially I couldn't afford it. Just, um, just couldn't do it. So I had to stop. So it was more of a reality. It was sort of a reality check. Was like, this is a luxury I cannot afford. It's not something I will be able to pursue because, at the end of the day, even if I passed my test, I couldn't afford to have a car. I couldn't afford the insurance. I couldn't afford doing MOTs and road tax and all those kind of things. So. Rather than pursuing something which maybe it would be useful in a few years' time, the reality was I couldn't afford it now. Uh, the present day meant that I couldn't do it. So I postponed it, and it's now become just a thing that I haven't done. And But now it's like, okay, I'm in a better position. Maybe I should revisit that. But And maybe I think part of me i think oh maybe i'm a bit too late to to learn to drive maybe i've passed that moment and i know you're never too late to learn anything um but my life right now i, I think i've managed this far without driving carry on managing without I driving feel exactly I think. the same because obviously getting this job last year where i have to you know commute and be in a different city last year uh, since last year sorry 
um, I did kind of have to think about, okay, is this now the time to learn to drive? Yes, I'm in my late 20s, but okay, should I learn to drive now? And I calculated it. And and even though I have the money, I still thought, I still feel like it's a luxury expense. Yeah. Is that bad to say? Like no. I have the money. I can afford to learn to drive. I can afford to run a car for the first time in, you know, since I've existed. But I'm like, as you say, I've done for so long without a car. I don't mind public transport. Yes, a public transport is a bit annoying in times, but it's not it's not intolerable. No, and I also think that we need to not become like in the US where everyone is expected to drive and their public transport system is really rubbish. And the US is one example of many. Actually, I've been to many countries where that's the case. I think that one of the great things about the UK, alongside other European countries like Germany, for example, is that we do have relatively well-developed public transport systems in most big cities. And I think that we need to, kind of politically, we need to remain committed to those systems being maintained and improved. Well, I think we do need to have more public ownership of railways and public transport. And buses, and and buses. everything, yeah, all yeah. of it. Because I think, um, well, I think the, the Conservatives, uh, they privatized one of the lines which was nationalized wasn't it but that was making a profit that was actually making money and i think that was a bit short-termism there well i i feel very aggrieved by the fact that you know i'm spending hundreds of pounds every month on trains and carriages are packed you don't get a seat um you know trains are constantly delayed or breaking down um and the commute is most of the time bearable, but not really pleasant. And then someone is making profit off of our misery and profit off of not just the commuters who are obviously frustrated and tired and, and packed in like sardines, but also the people who have to operate those trains. Like I, I do feel sorry for all the train conductors and the drivers and, and all the other people who, who have to navigate all these potentially very angry commuters well, there was that one time, wasn't there? Quite recently, we were on a train and there was a group of guys. One of them had his shirt off for a start and they were playing really loud music, like not very nice music. Maybe I'm just getting old and I just think that young people's music no, nowadays. Noise. It was just noise. And the conductor guy, who was an older gentleman, told them to to turn the music off or to lower the volume or to put headphones in and they just completely ignored him. And... It was just like the rudeness I didn't didn't like. And I was thinking, should I say something myself? But then you think, you don't know who they are. You don't know what they're going to do. You, know, you don't know if they're going to get violent or, or how they're going to react. So mm. you just end up just tolerating it, which is kind of annoying. This is where it gets back to the fact that if people could be nice, that makes life easier for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Very important. I think that's the message of today's podcast. Be nice. Be nice. Be nice. Yeah, definitely. Be very nice. So I think we've persuaded ourselves to never ever learn to drive. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Um, maybe I don't know. Like I say, I I, I keep changing my mind. Uh, I... Right now, I think I'm okay. Not, and maybe in the new year, I'll, I'll revisit it. But I I don't mind not driving. Is what I'll say. Likewise, and if that annoys people, well. 
that's your problem. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I personally have no desire. And as I say, I still see it as, as a luxury. Right. I think we've, we've run out of time today. Time to wrap up. Wrap up. So please uh, review the podcast uh, on iTunes or all the other places that you can find it. Uh, I think you can do it on SoundCloud as well. You can co- make comments and stuff. Please, please give me your feedback. And you can send us an email at goodmoaningpodcast at gmail.com. And we've got a Twitter account. So you go to Twitter. It's at goodmoaninguk. So send us a tweet, a direct message, and all those kind of things. So let us know what you think. Uh, send us your pet peeves. Um, give me your comments or criticisms or to what we've said in this episode. Um, all feedback is welcome. Obviously, you know, make it nice. I mean, we're human. Constructive, constructive constructive feedback yes constructive feedback um and uh yeah and if there's anything that you want to tell us or we can share we'll, we'll read it out on the show and and we can comment and talk about it and and like i say um i've been asking friends and family and colleagues and all sorts of people that i know about their pet peeves so send them into the show as well and we can use that as part of it um so yeah thank you for listening and good morning good morning good Thank you.